Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Effect podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics ranging from mental health, mental skills and performance, to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Keller, along with the man of many talents, Matt McNeil. (laughs) You shake your head. Yeah, no, I am not a liar. You are, you are Fibber. so talented. I, every, you know, every time I talk to you, I, it's amazing. I keep finding other things you do. So you are a man of so many talents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I feel like, geez, my my stature keeps shrinking here. I'm going right. like, ah. You Isn't know, it like on. what's the master of uh, many or you know, man of many talents, uh, master masters of none, of none. masters yeah. of none. You know, yeah, the uh, yeah. Well, I'm not even a man of many talents. Uh, the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm no Mitchum man. I remember. Oh in, do you remember the Mitchum ads? Oh God! I, I remember in New York, the subway, like they had these these like ridiculous uh, misrepresentations of what men are supposed to be, uh, and it was like it said it'd be like if you find yourself jumping over a a train to save a woman with her baby, you might be a Mitchum man. Yeah. It's like so it was like, well shit, man, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I'll try to save a baby, but I'm not no. gonna jump over a train, man. I'll get killed. I can't yeah, even, can't even <laughs> jump over a bench. <laughs> it's so funny. The the one I always used to talk about is uh with uh, from the, the old Virginia Slim cigarette. You know, I said you've come a long way, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so yeah, it's totally. um, you've come yeah, a long boy, way, baby. I think just about the majority of commercials and shows back in the 70s if they were here today all in the family oh my god could you imagine you know so we've uh, yes. you know and some things have changed for the good you yeah. know like as an example our podcast we're talking about things that i think would have been remained in the shadows nobody would have even talked about forget the fact there were no podcasts back then well but, and for, you know, forget pilots are still in the shadows <laughs> yeah but but we're st- but now we're talking about it we're talking it's a conver- about it, it's a conversation um yep. you know they're coming out they're coming out of the shadows we're coming yep. out you're of the con- yeah it's you're the conversation i'm the piece <laughs> oh my god oh well enough of all of this that's what all the ladies say man that's what all the oh, ladies yeah. say oh, yeah. oh no i wish no, the only one I want to have that say that is my wife. So and KK man yeah. is quite the piece. All right, yeah. peace. What a piece of work. Piece of work. He's a piece of work. He's a piece of work. <laughs> oh, she used to say, uh, some people you can't take out in public, she can't take me out in private. So there you go. Yeah, you I know. Well, my wife says, you know, she 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 says, uh, so why did you why did you marry me? She says, because you caught me in a weak moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it's uh, it's I married she ever, up. She, if yeah. my wife ever takes her blinders off, I'm so toast. So. <laughs> yeah, me <laughs> but, too. All right. <laughs> well, you know what? I think we have a great question today, and uh, and I know that you can take this down uh, down in many ways because this is something we've talked about having as a subject. So I think this question will be a great lead in, and then we'll just kind of uh, 
follow where the trail takes us. Cool. So from one of our listeners, um, it said, uh, seems like our profession is prone to high rates of divorce. Ain't that the truth? Uh, can you talk about some warning signs to look out for? When is it necessary to get counseling? When is it necessary to call it quits? Thanks for the mm -hmm. podcast. So, yeah, I mean, that, that seemed to be a very common comment and in the cockpit. So, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this, is, this is true. Yep. I remember people used to say uh, AIDS, air, airline-inflicted divorce syndrome. It, you know, it's like, in the, you know, that joke, you're not a pilot unless you're twice divorced. Yep. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, there's a high rate of divorce um, in our industry, for sure. And a lot is of there, other professional Is there any study too. that gives percentages? You no, know, I, I don't know. I'm sure that there is some some kind of Because it sure as heck seems awfully high. It's high. I think it's high for, there's studies on professionals, you know, like if you're in a profession, especially professions that require a lot of travel. Um, so, I, you know, why are, why is the, the rates so high? Well, divorce just in general society is pretty high. It's like, you know, I, I forget the latest, but under people under 35, it's like 50%, which is, you know, kind of nuts, which begs the question, like, why do we, what, you know, are we meant to be married? You know, I mean, is it, is it, is it outdated? Are we outdated? Is it, is it irrelevant? I don't know that we can get into religious stuff or ethical stuff or, but you know, when the divorce rate's 50%, that's a problem uh, with some, there's a problem somewhere. Where's the problem? Not sure. I have some ideas. I would say part of it could come down to mindset is the way you approach to being in a marriage. Is a yeah, lot well, of it, I think. for sure. How you no, behave you, in your marriage yeah. and how yeah, you oh, yeah. maintain the marriage. Yeah, getting married isn't the end stop. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of the work. It's not the end of the work. Oh, yes. You know, um, but I, I think, you know, I'm not divorced. I've never been divorced. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, uh, matter of fact, uh, on the 21st month, it'll be 22 years for me. I got yeah, married late is, in life, but, uh, you know, I maybe, maybe more mature because I was, I wasn't very yeah. mature when I was younger. I'm just less immature now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think about, I think I was 28 when I got married and I will I be married 40. for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel very grateful, um, but it's work and it takes, it takes work and marriages are not perfect. And there's this idea that we're supposed to grow together at the same time is absurd. Like we, there's times where you're going to grow and your partner's not. And there's times where there might be growing or be changing or experiencing something where you, you may not. Uh, oh God. I yeah. I think you've got to be able to kind of roll with some of that, but there are, I, I think we have high divorce rates, at least as pilots uh, is because we're gone a lot. Yep. And yep. if you're absent a lot of the time, um, you know, some marriages work because they are absent. I mean, I know a lot, a lot of pilots get divorced after they retire because all of a sudden they're home and they're like, I don't like you home. <laughs> I liked it more well, when it's, you were Because it's been that way for so bit. long. Yep. All of a sudden it's kind of a sh shock to the system. It's dynamic changes. You've got your, your routine and your, your, you know, you've, you're making all the, the, the spouse, the others always making all the decisions in the house because you're gone, you know, half the month. Now all of a sudden you're there all the month. It's, I, I think it's a, it's almost like you have to renegotiate what you do, who does what, because yeah. you're now there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's some challenges to it. 
and you know, with pilots, we're pretty like obsessed with oftentimes very solely focused on the job. We we just it takes priority. And you know, there's a saying we always had is no no birthdays, uh, no holidays, no whining. If you want to be an airline pilot, and when you start missing significant things, there's a lot of resentment that can start to build up in relationships. Oh my God, yes, you miss a lot of plays, recitals, going yeah. to, to to things with the kids. If you're religious. Sundays are a challenge or whichever yes. religion you're in, you know, you're not going to be able to go every Sunday or uh, observe every religious occasion, which yeah. is a challenge. My, I missed my, one of my daughters, she's now seven, but you know, I, I've left the industry, uh, left the flying part of it. Still, still very much in the industry more in I'm more in the industry now than I was when I was flying, but, <laughs> um, but you know, I've left the, the flight deck, uh, the cockpit, um a few years ago but my daughter's seven and i look back and and i, I had a very good schedule a very like you know very senior schedule um and i still missed everything from her first three years i was just gone i yeah i missed really you know just a ton a ton a ton i was able it, to get the birthday and able to get christmas but like the weekly day-to-day -day, i was just gone i i was was not around and and that is a big factor in why i left is i mean I, it is I, amazing because yeah. half the month you are there all the time you get to be able to you know to do yep. the things that that a lot of nine to five dads or m moms don't get to do but yeah but you're you're at the uh mercy of the schedule every month yes. it, it, you know unless you're like number one person you're yeah. not guaranteed of getting what you want every month no so no. what are some warning signs that you feel like that you need to look out for and how did, you know, some tools and strategies? Yeah. So, well, there's like, there's some very published, uh, good data on why marriages do not succeed. What, what is the, uh, what are the factors where marriages are, are, I would say when they reach that doomed point, um, you can always come back from the, you know some of these issues but if you don't come back then the marriage is pretty much doomed and i found it clinically in the practice this is true but look first is if you feel like you're you're not something is just not happening in your marriage or it just feels on like it's on extreme autopilot uh, that is leading to avoidance like you know what i just feel better not around this person that's a problem if you feel like there's a level of disconnection that's a problem in your marriage and just avoidance uh, isn't a strategy avoidance is not a long-term strategy so i think you just got to know if something feels you know like it's not working for you then it's not working for you and you need to probably approach that with your partner with some professional help at least start with your partner having a conversation about it. if you can't have a conversation about the relationship that's a problem but the, there's four areas that are are written about extensively by a guy named John Gottman. Gottman is kind of the the father of marriage therapy, marriage counseling. I think he there he and his wife are very famous uh, psychologists, clinical psychologists, and marriage therapists. And they've written very extensively. They've looked at all the research, and they've written extensively about the factors in what determines a. a you know, successful marriage and what determines a, a fairly unsuccessful marriage, which then can lead to high 
propensity or probability towards divorce. And the, there's they, they call it the four horsemen. Um, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, the apocalypse was just a metaphor depicting the the end of time in the in the New Testament of the Bible. That's right. So these are not religious stuff. They just call it the four horsemen because it's just something you can remember. What the four horsemen are is uh, their criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Those are, in the research shows that those four factors leads to high rates of divorce individually and as a group leads to high rates of divorce. So let's talk about criticism. Criticism is very different than um, just sort of like offering constructive feedback or complaint. Constructive feedback are, are, are specific, there's specific um, where where criticism is just more this overarching, like just, uh, it's kind of an attack. Now, just because your, your partner is, is criticizing you, uh, doesn't mean that you're gonna, you're doomed to a divorce, but it is a factor. If the criticism is, is pervasive with no constructive outcome, that's a factor that leads to distancing and then subsequent separation. Yeah, I've um, always looked at constructive versus destructive, where you're right. trying to look for something positive versus just tearing right. down with nothing right. positive right. to say. Yeah. So, like a a, a complaint. Let's talk. The, let's get an example. A complaint would be, um, you know, you told me that you were going to do this, and then you just didn't, um, and that upset me. That made me feel like you didn't care. That's a that's a complaint. A criticism is more of this. It's, oftentimes, it's global. You never. Right? That's kind of a, a general criticism, or sort of an it's an accusation. Or of, you're a selfish, you know, pos, and you, all you care about is yourself. Uh, that is a. It just leads to emotional shutdown. Or they say, "I always have to do this." Right. So that you know where right. it's, the inference is that you're not doing it. Same thing. Just yeah. Terminate, putting it up in from right. terms of an I versus you. Right. It's 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 overarching universal truths of you never, you always. Yep. It's like, well, is, is that really true? I mean, may, maybe, but probably not. Right. So that's a big. That's a big. A, a, that's the first horseman. Right. The second is contempt. Contempt is is when you are trying to disrespect or hurt the other person. That's what contempt is. You're 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 trying to hurt them, um, and we do that by disrespecting them. We can do that through ridiculing. Through um, I find oftentimes sarca sarcasm is a big is a big sign of contempt when couples are just really sarcastic to each other, ignoring. Uh, ignoring. Well, that we'll get to that. Contempt is not ignoring. Contempt is I'm going to try to dig at you. I'm going to eye roll. I'm going to scoff. I'm going to I'm going to aggressively try to hurt you. That's what contempt is, not physically. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. But just emotionally, you know, um, it, it, because it's, so it's 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 the next step to criticism. Criticism can off if it becomes like okay, now I'm going to strike out. That is contempt. It's an eye for an eye kind of crap that couples do. So that's contempt. Um, 
defensiveness is what we do when we're responding to the criticism or responding to the contempt. And now, of course, we all become defensive. That's a normal adaptive reaction. You know, we want to protect ourselves. But when it's just pervasive, it's nobody can take a criticism um, or even just feedback uh, or complaint without going into defensive mode. That's a that that's an unworkable solution. That's an unworkable strategy, and it it doesn't work. Defensiveness doesn't work. So that that's a huge issue as well. And again, the point of this is not to say if you have these in your relationship, you're doomed. It's just these are the things that tend to wear relationships down to where these somebody are potential then, red flags. Yeah, they're red flags and and they're they're critical areas. These are areas of vulnerability. Use some aviation terms, AOVs. It's the last thousand feet. Better pay attention. Um, and then the last one, I think this is the worst one, and this is usually a huge red flag, is stonewalling. Um Stonewalling is when somebody just withdraws from any kind of relation or interaction. It's a complete shutdown and they're just zero response to the other. They're just like stone cold. Um, rather than, you know, dealing with these issues, these, you know, people that stonewall, they just, uh, they just completely start to tune. They just tune out. It's just shut down. Um, that can be in the form of just literally stonewall, like staring at the person like they're not even there, um, or just acting, you know, bailing, just avoidance. I see this with pilots a lot. You know what? I'm going to go pick up some trips. Wife's upset. Husband's upset. I'm going to go pick up something in open time. I'm out of here. Um, you know, or I'm just going to be, you know, distracted with this. I'm holding up my cell phone. Right when somebody's upset and then the other person is on Facebook or TikTok, that is a aggressive form of <clears throat> of stonewalling. And the reason that we do this is often it's a response to being completely overwhelmed. Like I can't take any more of this. I'm just overloaded, and so we we just it's called dissociation. Right, we just check out, just gone, go somewhere else. Uh, emotionally. That's a huge problem. And when relationships have gotten into a place where somebody or they're both just completely stonewalling each other, that's like critical mass. Because think about, think about the destructive nature of that. I mean, I think, I think it was, um, I think it was the Dalai Lama or Gandhi, one of those guys that said the most aggressive uh, act of violence that humans do to one another is to not listen to each other. And that if you think about, you know, war is like, it's somebody is just not listening to the other. I, I've always looked at the fact is that I've I told my wife, I think the most important thing that we have to be able to do is communicate. If we can't even have a conversation where it devolves immediately into a, he said, she said, or that there's a defensive, well, we just can't just have a conversation, just talk about something. Yeah. Then there's problems. And and that's not to say that in any relationship, you're not going to have these peaks and valleys. The, I mean, a, a relationship is the most complex um, 
a thing that most of us will ever deal with because we never get it perfect and right. No. So you're going to have times where you're going to struggle or have challenges, but if you can't find a way to power through that and find a common ground to talk, I feel that that you need to figure out and get someone else to help because you've yeah. reached a point where neither one of you can get over that that hump. Right. Would you agree yeah. on that? Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Now, okay, let's say you got this these issues. And everybody has these issues at some level. Yes, I mean, they do. To some some degree. That's the point. It's not to say, oh my God, you're doomed. So don't don't run and be like, okay, I'm filing for divorce because Matt said I've got all these issues. And like that's not the point <laughs> of this. Okay. <laughs> that's not the point of this. But Boy, and, you know, look, everybody does it, listen to you, you know. No, they don't. You know, they're but, right but, on the but, edge you know, of their seat. Sometimes they go to the extreme. I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't say that. That's not you're what gonna I said. get an angry letter from Spon. Oh, I'll going, you know, I'll get it. My husband said you said this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll get them. I get them all the time. Yeah. So okay, but but here's the deal. It's funny, ever since I get these these podcasts, it's funny. some of the criticisms are really and I listen, I listen to all of them. You can criticize. I'm I'm good with that. Let's let's talk about it. Um, but here's so speaking of criticism. So let's say there's a lot of criticism going on. Now, one of the things I tell I tell my clients, and I really have to tell myself all the time, is when you're upset and you're you know with your with your partner, with what they're doing, if you go and say if you use the word you, 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 you're screwed. You're you're absolutely hosed because anybody can argue that. And that other person is going to become defensive, right? See, criticism, contempt, defensive, installing. This is they're all interrelated. We become defensive. And it, somebody says, if you're, you know, treating me badly or you don't care, they can easily say, that's not true. Right? You can argue that. But here's something that people cannot argue. I statements. I feel this way when we're in this kind of situation or when you come home late and you don't call me and let me know or when you pick up trips in open time uh, without letting me know or you switch your schedule around without letting me know this is the stuff i see all the time um i feel this way they can't say no you don't no you don't feel that way like I said nobody ever uh, you it's you can't argue with how you feel so I think using I statements is a lot more approachable for the person that's receiving the feedback. Okay, you know, like uh, this is say, whether it's right or wrong, this is how I feel when this happens. When you do this, this is how I feel. That's a great way to change things out of criticism into something that's a little bit more constructive. One of the words I use an awful lot is we. I try to look at things from a we perspective. Sure. But when I'm talking about feelings, those are yours. They're yes. not somebody else. We don't, we don't feel a certain way. Every, we are two individual people. And we this like we're a unit and we're a, yeah, that's fine. But what happens when you individuate and you have separate priorities or things are different? And it, again, growth happens unequally. So it's really important to, to say, you know what? This is how I feel. It's not right or wrong. It's just how I feel. There's no argument there because you don't want to create a debate. That's where it, it just goes nowhere. Somebody says, "Well, no, no, that that's not true." Well, where 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 are we at now? We're going to get into a, a a diatribe about like, are we going to go to court? You know, create a little court here about who's right and who's wrong and who's got the better argument. It's a kiss of death. 
So start with, when there's criticism, start with I statements. Don't do you statements. It's a, it's a fool's run and it goes absolutely nowhere. Contempt. Um, when there's a contempt, which is like, I'm going to reach out to try to dig at you. Um, you know, I'm going to try to insult or abuse you or hurt you. It's better to try to find a little bit of, of gratitude or appreciation for the other person. So I think and when couples come in, and I don't do a whole lot of couples counseling anymore, um, but I do occasionally I will do it. I have a therapist that works uh, with Lift Effect that is, does all that. Um, but I ask them right away. Now, usually what happens when people come in for therapy, right? They just sit there and air out their their dirty laundry. Right? Start lo lobbing missiles, right? You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. But I like to start sometimes with what brought you two together? Something did. And they start talking about why they got together, why they fell in love with each other, why they decided to be with each other in the first place. And it's amazing then how the missiles like quiet down. <laughs> You know, and we can forget, like, why the hell did we even get together in the first place? So building some, like, some gratitude, some appreciation and recognition of what brought you together in the first place is a, a way to start to shut down some of that contempt. It shuts down the, the, the eye rolling and the, the jabbing, the jabbing back when you realize, okay, this is a person I, 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 I once loved a lot. Maybe I still do. Maybe I just need to reconnect with what I, what I care about you know what were the qualities that brought us together so just reflecting on that is a way to like shut the contempt down so we can maybe have a constructive discussion about what is the some of the issues in the relationship defensiveness um which is just like you know it's you're making yourself the victim that's what defensiveness is uh is i'm gonna hold this up you've seen this many times right i've got a little <laughs> note card that I hold on my desk and it says response dash ability. Response ability is the ability to respond. It's a response ability. Most people think responsibility is obligation. Well, it's my duties. It's just, no, 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 no. That's not actually what responsibility is. It's the ability to respond. And the opposite of responsibility is to react. So when I find myself being reactive, it's because I've lost the ability to respond. I just, they're just a bomb goes off. I have to jump. That's called reactivity. Responsibility is like, no, I'm going to actually in, have some intention in this situation and I'm going to step up and, and take responsibility. So I now know how to respond. It's an insurance policy. It buys you the ability to respond. So if you're being defensive, you actually have lost your ability to respond. And you're just reacting. That's what defensiveness is. It's rea it's reactionary. So accept your partner's criticism or uh, complaints or their perspective and their feelings and take responsibility for any wrongdoing that you have in this because you have some. We all do. We're not perfect. Uh, there's an I old think saying, is, there's, there's three sides to every story. Yours, yeah. theirs, and the truth, which is... you. In the middle, sometimes leans it's one way or another. But in it's, the middle, it's gray yeah, and it shifts it and it de it, it depends. Is. And there's there's truth and falsehoods to everything. And you know, <laughs> a saying in therapy is the truth is always changing. 
the story is always changing because it is, it's complicated, but well, taking like responsibility at- gives you, it empowers you. It empowers, and when you're defensive, you've, you're losing power, right? You, you're becoming defensive because you feel you've, you've lost some control. So if you want control in an adaptive way, not in, in an over-controlling, obsessive way, it's like just say, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for my part in this. This is, I, you know, I'm sorry for the, what I've done that was wrong or that negatively affected you. It's not about whether it was right or wrong. I'm sorry that this hurt you. And I don't want to do that. That's what responsibility is. And then stonewalling, which is that whole like just shut down, withdraw, avoid conflict, um, uh, you know, just distance and separation. I think um, it's best to do some, and I hate this word. We use it in psychology all the time is self care. Uh, it, it's always bothered me, but I think it's true. You need to like that is where you are shut down. When you're stonewalling, you, you've lost all ability to respond and you're dissociating. You're just like checked out. And so it just means you need to really take care of yourself uh, so that you can find yourself, you know, find a way back to relating. So take a break. Uh, Go do something that is kind of life-giving for you and not, you know, something that shuts you down. Go do something that allows you to connect with others. I mean, I don't care if it's go bowl, go go bowling with some friends. I mean, whatever. Do something to get you back into the pocket of of relating a little bit, so that maybe you can. When it's the other one, that's yeah. What about Uh, when the other one is the one that's stonewalling? Well, that that's where you need therapy. I mean, that is where you 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 need to get some help. The other one's just doing that. If you feel like you're being stonewalled, you could try to mention that, but again, they're stonewalling you, so they're not they're not going to listen. So that gets us to this. I think the most important part is, and I hear this all the time. Well, I want therapy, but my partner doesn't. Yeah, we got a problem here um, because if the marriage is broken, if the car is broken down, and you're not willing to do maintenance on it, what's going to happen? It's going to die. This, this is not a sustainable plan. And so here's what I recommend to people. If you, want to, if you want to work on your marriage and your partner does not, and you're experiencing these some of these issues, I tell, this is what I tell my clients. You say, listen, I'm booking a session with a, with a couple's counselor um, to talk about the marriage. I'm going to go on Tuesday at one, whatever it is. Um, I hope that you can make it. That's it. But I'm going to be there talking about our marriage. And most of the time, people will show up because they'll be like, well, shit, I want to, you know, you're talking about the marriage. I, I, I need to be there so I can defend myself, <laughs> right? I can tell my side and a good couples counselor will be able to help you navigate this stuff. Um, try out different therapists. Try out different therapists. You don't have to just take the first one. But if you want to work on the marriage, say, I- I'm going to go work on the marriage. I'm going to be talking to a couple specific counselor, couple psych- a therapist, and I'm going to be talking about our marriage. I really hope that you can come. I would love it, I would love it for you to be there. If you don't want to be there, that's your choice because forcing somebody is not a good strategy. And look, the reality is, is if you want to work on the marriage and the other person doesn't, you probably need to get a divorce at some point because that's not a marriage. 
You know, if it's you're the only one that has to change, uh, and there's it takes two. Marriages are not all one person's. It's just all one side. That's BS. I don't buy. I don't buy that. Um, it takes two to be in a marriage, and the only successful relationships are where two wholly psychologically independent people choose to come together to be in a relationship with one another. They're individual people. Yes, you can work as a team and there's this, but you are you have your own feelings and they're not always going to match up with your partners. And they don't have to. That's not how we're biologically created. So, you know, you but you have to be able to navigate that. And if if your partner is just at the end of the day, they're like, I am not going to navigate this with you. This is all you. You've got to figure it out. I would question, is that a marriage that you actually want to be in? Yeah. The um the 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 listener said, when is it necessary to call it quits? I don't know that it's ever necessary, but that, like you said, there's some um because, like you said, no one size fits all. What may be Here's a trigger for you Here, may be totally yeah. different for another couple. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Because there's no there's no clear defined when this happens. That well, I over. I have some thoughts on that. I think there are times where it's necessary to call it quits, and we've talked about when. I think we have an episode on quitting. When do you quit? Well, one is if it's a cul-de-sac. If it's just if it's net, it, it's not going to get better. And we've tried and tried it. It does not get better uh, because, quite frankly, somebody's not taking responsibility, and they're not. There's not. They're not working on it. Um, you quit if it's a cliff. If this is going to be lead to worse and worse things, like physical abuse, mental abuse, um, just hor horrific contempt, you need to get a divorce. Um, if it's absolutely unsolvable, it's unreconcilable differences where you cannot come together. And in fact, it's it's starting to harm the other person. You do need to call it quits on this, but you got to do the work first. And it's so easy, just like, oh, I'll just get a divorce. Uh, it's still probably, you know, it's like, guess what? You're going to do the, if you don't fix the underlying process, you're going to do this again. Which is what we see, right? People, you know, this guy's, I remember finding guys that are like six times divorced. It's like, seriously, man, like you haven't learned. Obviously, you're not learning something that you need to learn. And women too, They're, it's just the same. Uh, so you got to work on this shit and you need to figure it out or you're just going to repeat the pattern. But I don't think marriages are supposed, you know, okay, we, we took the oath and I, I'm going to do this no matter what. There's a point where it's diminishing returns and there's a point where it's actually destructive. And when it comes to abusive situations, that is a, a game over. Yes. You need to, you know, yes. so yes, but I agree. You don't quit just because it's hard. I mean, that's, it's going to get hard every well, when, and I think you when know. you start making excuses or rationalizing things, a good example would be, as I've heard, well, you know, you know, if we have another, you know, to have to having, maybe that'll get us back together. Or even what's worse oh, is yeah. staying together because of the kids. Know that if you're staying there for that, that's, I, I think that's a huge recipe for a disaster. You can still be an outstanding parent, even though you're not there yes. because with of a child's life but yeah. to stay there in an abusive or a destructive relationship what are you showing children 
You're not showing you're, them you're a modeling. Positive yeah, at that point. I agree. You're you're modeling, you know, something that they will say. Oh, that's what a relationship looks like, and so it's what they know. It's what they know. So it's good having kids. Listen, I understand when you have a, ch- a child, you're like, I, 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 I don't want to do this to my kid. Like I, I'm, my parents divorced when I was seven, and it was a, it was very painful uh, for me. It was it was very conf- there was a lot of confusion um, that was happening around that. And I, I think about, boy, I wouldn't want my child to go through that. But you are, you've got to, you're, you know, kids do what is modeled for them. And if you're in a, 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 a doggy relationship that's dysfunctional and unhappy, well, you're normalizing that for your kids. And so that should be a good motivation to, to try to work on the marriage and, and actually mm-hmm. do the work. If you love your kids, do the work. But at some point, you know, you've got to, you got to know when it's, it's, this is not working and this is, this is going to lead to worse yes. outcomes, but I, you got to do the work. I would say one last thing. And, and again, I'm not a marriage counselor, but my, my opinion is that if you reach that point where it's time for you two to go separate ways, the one thing I would tell you is to seriously consider letting your children know it's not their fault because oh, so totally. often in a in a in a divorce the children seem to they take it on themselves as if it's their fault. Right. My parents, if I only did something better, my parents would still be together. It's not right. a child's fault when two adults can't reconcile their issues, whatever they may be. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would just say, make sure the child realize or children, you know, you love them unconditionally, no matter what. Um, it, it it's it's not going to be. It's not their fault. Amen to that, brother. I, yeah, for sure. That's a that's a huge one. So so, anyways, I think that's that's kind of a, a again. I just the disclaimer. This is if you're having these issues, it's not to say I got oh I got to go get a divorce. It's just like these are the issues that over time when compounded when not worked on lead to separations and leads to leads to divorce or just leads to very unhappy marriages. So what's uh, your uh, final thought for the day? My final thought is, let's see what's sitting on me responsibility. And I keep this, I write the word responsibility on a note card and I keep it on my desk. So I'm always looking at it. And I, I use it all the time on myself. I use it all the time with my clients. I think when we take responsibility, we, we, we gain the ability to respond. And when we shirk it, all we can do is then just react to whatever the hell is happening. And I, you know, as certainly as pilots, we don't like to be reactive. We like to brief things. We like to kind of have a game plan of, of what to do when things don't go the way that we anticipate or the way that we, to yeah. our liking, we need to be able to respond to the situation in a positive way. And so in your relationship, just the more you can get in there and say, I'm going to take responsibility for my own part in this, it empowers you. It doesn't make you weaker or more vulnerable. Uh, and vulnerability is not a bad thing, by the way, but it it empowers you to to, to really step up and take some steps to doing something different. Than what you've done, and if if you always do what you've always get you know done, then you always get what you always got, and things tend to repeat themselves. So I think the word today is just responsibility, especially in a relationship. It's incredible what that can do because it's modeling for the for your partner too. Model the behavior you want to see in your in your partner. You need to do it yourself, and it, it's it's contagious. It's infectious. 
you know, it might not take right away, but it, but eventually it will. And so that's my, that's my take on it. I'll throw one word in there and that I've always said, and that's accountability. We all are accountable for our actions. We can't always blame others. We control what we do and what we say. Um, that would be what I would say. It's, um, it's what other people do. You're in control of your life and no one else. Yep. Agreed. So what I would ask and what Matt asks is smash the like button. We want to grow this and, and get this in front of as many people as possible. If you like what you're hearing, let us know. If you want more of what we're talking about, whether it's about business, whether it's about relationships, whether it's about mental states, we want to know because this is all about you for you. So if you like what we're talking about and you want more of it, tell us. Yep. That is what we want to know because um, we want to make sure that we're not just talking to ourselves. We can do that without being on well, the podcast. Well, I'll tell you, we're getting a lot of listeners. I mean, we, we can see the data on, on people that are listening. It's a ton of listeners, which we're so appreciative of. But But hit the like button and subscribe to it because that makes the podcast more visible. And our goal is to help people like us. And we need it. And a lot of people don't know that there's resources or even as, you know, pilots or physicians or, or attorneys that, that we can talk about these things. And we want the podcast to be a place uh, to, to really cr start to have that conversation. And if you can walk away with something that you can use, it's like mission accomplished, but share that Hallelujah. gift with your, with your community. Yeah. And so a lot, we're not getting a lot of, uh, I think people just forget to hit that button, but it helps us get more visibility to reach more people. So we really appreciate it if you could just, it, it literally takes two seconds to hit the button uh, to subscribe or, or just get, you know, rate it. And if you don't like it, rate it. Tell yeah, us let us you don't know. like it. <laughs> That's Absolutely. all good too. Yeah. Um, if you have anything you want to drop us a line, please podcast at liftback.com. Again, we thank you. We appreciate you, and we want to continue giving you what is best and what you enjoy. With that, we thank you, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Have a great day. Adios. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. If you want to dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to our website, lifteffect.com forward slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect a clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental skills coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance related issues. Visit lifteffect.com, that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T.com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. 
The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect podcast.